Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coach Ani, the podcast. I know it's been a minute. I'm well aware. Look, I'm just going to say I had a lot of guilt about not being 100% on a lot of things. And if you're actually watching this and not listening, you're going to notice that my background is very different. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you why. I moved. My boyfriend and I moved. We're in a new house now with a big backyard. It's really what we wanted and what we were looking for because we have four dogs. So between moving, doing another class, joining a team for education, I'm officially um, a trainer with the Luna Method, um, which I feel like a lot of people were surprised by, but like not surprised by. And I actually want to talk about that for a second because it's, I'm I'm not going to lie, guys. I had no intentions of ever joining another company again. I had no intentions. Um, I don't think I have to tell you why. I'm sure you know why. And I'll say that Luna was not the first company to ask me to come on board and teach their method. Like that was not, it wasn't anything new. Like it was like, I, I had been offered that before a couple of times actually. And I was just, I, I politely declined. It just wasn't my vibe. It wasn't what I was wanting. I just wasn't, I just wasn't interested. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know if I talked about this last time I did a podcast, but I recently found out, um, probably in the past, like maybe month. So I have a friend who's autistic and she, her and I were talking one day and we were kind of laughing about how all the things we have similar. And she was finally like, you know, you're autistic, right? Excuse me? (laughs) What? I'm not autistic. I have ADHD. What are you talking about? Silly goose. And, And then I ended up taking a test that she sent me. And as it turns out, I am autistic. That was very surprising for me. Um, I did not expect it to say yes. I thought it would for sure be like, no, you're, you're, no, whatever. So surprise. Um, But you know what? First off, one of the reasons that I actually do really like talking about things like this is that I really feel that the word like, oh, they're autistic or they have ADD or ADHD has become, I don't want to say there's like a stigma to it. But I talked to a few people and I was like, oh, yeah, well, it turns out I'm autistic. And it was almost like, a, oh, like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need anybody to pity me because to be frank, I feel like being autistic and neurodivergent and ADD, ADHD, um, I feel like it's a fucking superpower. I literally feel like it is a superpower. And I will also say I'm very type A. I love structure. I love to be in control. I'm not even going to like deny that that's true because it is true. I, I know myself. And putting all of those things together has been amazing. Um, I feel like it allows me to move and move very quickly. And not only that, when I love something and it becomes like a hyper fixation and a passion, I become very fucking good at it. And not to be like, oh, hair flip, hair flip. I'm so good. But like, hey, we all have things that we're extraordinarily good at. Like, like we do. Like, it, I think it's ridiculous to sit there and be like, oh, I don't want to admit that I'm good at something. Well, that's ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you? Who cares? Like, it's fine. You're allowed. You can be humble and admit that you're good at something. Like, that's, I don't think it has to be one versus the other. So I just thought that that was very interesting. And what I've realized is, a lot of my clients that I work with, I don't mean in the salon, I mean, in my educational, like in my consulting, um, many of them are neurodivergent. And that's something that I've really come to love and cherish because I feel being ADD and autistic myself, it definitely gives me a different insight into it. And I do a lot of research now on it. Um, I want to understand how my brain works. I want to know why I respond the way I do while some things feel icky, why some things like 
tickle my brain in the worst of ways and why some tickle my brain in the best of ways. Like I just, I just want to, to know, you know? So I think that that has been just very, like a very cool, um, new kind of like update in my life (laughs) that I didn't expect, but it has slowed me down, not even in the slightest bit. And I will forever continue to say that people with neurodivergent tendencies are superheroes and it is a super how superpower once you learn to harness it and not be like embarrassed or tell yourself that you're like fucked up or that there's something wrong with you because frankly there there isn't anything wrong with you in any way shape or form so just kind of like five a little fun fact on that and that's something that really like when you know I was told you know kind of like offered a position with Luna it was way after the class after I'd done the podcast on it and you know it was a I loved it because the Luna really, I'll be honest, guys, it really is catered to neurodivergent people. So just loved all of that. But now, you know, jumping back into my own business, doing all the things like getting back on it. So it's been really exciting. And one thing I want to talk about today that I, you artists say this to me all the time. I'm pretty sure literally 100% of you have said this to me at one point or another that you're like, oh, you're like, I I want to make more money. I want to have more time off. I want to be able to vacation. But, and there's like a big old fat butt with this one. But if I'm not behind the chair, I'm not making money. But I have to keep the same amount of income coming in. But if I take time off, like, like you're kind of, I don't want to say like pigeonholed yourself, but you're kind of in a place where you're like, if I am not actively behind the chair servicing clients, I am now not making money and that sucks. It sucks to feel like you're either working, making great money or you're often you're poor. I don't like either of, to be honest, I don't really like either one of those options. I, I, I know people say you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I absolutely disagree. I think your life can literally be anything that you make it. And I feel I'm a person who's like living proof of that. And I surround myself with people who are living proof of that, you know? So then the question really becomes, how the hell do you make money by not working? And if you're not seeing me, I'm putting not working in quotes, which brings me to today's topic, which is on-demand education. So I want to talk a little bit about this and what it is and why it's so important and how every industry, and I don't just mean the one in hair, although I do specialize in the beauty industry for obvious reasons I'm in it, it's every industry is going this way. So what the hell is on-demand education? So on-demand education is kind of exactly how it sounds. Imagine that there is a course online, and actually I'm just going to use myself as the example. I have a course called Room to Bloom Photography Edition, and it is all about taking photos inside of the salon, how to use a real camera, how to use your phone to take beautiful photos, because you can absolutely use your phone to take photos, Um, how to edit them and not over edit, how to white balance, how to use Canva for before and afters, like how to use backgrounds and light, like all of those things are included inside of this course, right? So I spent a couple weeks recording it and putting it together. My videographer spent a few weeks editing it and like all these things. But now that course is done. That course is completely finished. So anybody who wants it 
and wants to learn about how to take beautiful photos inside of the salon, whether they have a, a professional camera or they don't, or they're stressed about posing, because posing is heavy in there, like they can literally just go look at this course whenever they want, buy it whenever they want, and consume it whenever they want. Which means if I'm sitting on the beach chilling and someone buys it, I just made money. If I'm taking a nap and someone bought it, I just made money. If I'm playing video games in Hogwarts Legacy and I'm flying around on a broomstick and someone buys it, I made money. And that's why it's so amazing. You get to create passive income. So as long as you continue to promote it and you're telling people that it's there because you can't just set it and forget it and pretend like it doesn't exist, like you do still have to promote it, like that's a really phenomenal way to make passive income. So I have worked with other people before to like help them create this. So I think like one great example is I actually just had a client launch his and in a week he made over $30,000. 30 grand in a week. Like, I'm sorry, no one listening to this can say that that is not absolutely freaking amazing. That's great. That's phenomenal money. And now as he continues to promote and more people buy, like it just makes him more money. And he goes out along his way and just does like normal life shit, keeps doing clients behind the chair, like all of those things, nothing stops. And that I feel is the power. So if you're someone that you're like, I feel like there's two different kinds of versions of on-demand education. There's a lot more, but there's two main ones that I feel like would be really relevant to you guys. Number one is one that makes you passive income, one where you create education. It has a lot of value where people can buy, look and enjoy like however, whenever they want. Right. The second kind of on-demand education, which still counts as on-demand education, is you're actually it's more so for internal staff. So if there is a process that you have that you are having to do like a training process and do it over and 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 over again. And you're sick of having to do it over and over again. And it's the same thing every single time. You can create something that when you hire on a new person, they're going through that process. They're learning the systems and their sequences and everything that they need to in order to be fully up to date and on board. So those are two different kinds of versions. Um, and depending what it is you do and if you have staff, like will depend kind of which one you teeter to. But we're going to stick with the former. We're going to stick with on-demand education that will make you passive income. So I want to talk a little bit about it real quick because not a little bit, but let's talk about numbers wise because I'm I love numbers. I absolutely love and adore numbers. And I'm going to look over to the side if you're watching me because I had to write them down to remember this. So 2020, we obviously know what was happening in 2020, COVID. I feel like that started a really, really big shift into on-demand education because people could not leave their houses. People couldn't leave. So what the hell are we supposed to do if we still wanted to learn things? And that's why I feel like it took a really big boom. And it's saying that the global e-learning, like on-demand education in 2020 was valued at $250 billion dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And they're saying that it's projected to exceed 
over $1 trillion by 2027. Five years, four years. In four years. That's, I'm going to reiterate, a lot of money which also tells you that people are loving on-demand education and they want it. Like they want to be able to consume at their own pace. And someone, once again, who is neurodivergent, I don't always do well with like, I know, I know people love webinars and like master classes and things or join us at this time, this time, this time. Here's why I don't love that for my own personal brain is a simple fact of like, it just doesn't always work for me. I might not be in the mood. I might not be in a good headspace or what I call, it might be like a low energy day, meaning I didn't wake up on the wrong side of that. I'm in a good mood. But like, you know, some days you wake up and you're just like, not feeling that. It's kind of like one of those days. Yeah. So, so that's, that opens up doors. And that opens up for a lot of possibilities. Now, I'm sure you're sitting there and you're like, well, that's great, Ani, but I don't have anything that I can teach. I don't have any marketable skills. I'm not good at anything. That's complete, utter horseshit. <laughs> like, that's garbage. And I can tell you why that's garbage. Everybody, I truly believe every single person has a skill that could become some form of on-demand education. I'm not saying you're going to charge $10,000 for it or $1,000 for it. It might be a couple hundred dollars. It might be a hundred or it might be something smaller where it's $50, but that still matters, guys. That still makes you more money. And that's amazing. You're providing value to people who find what you're providing to be valuable. So I'm going to have you consider a couple things. If you have people saying, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Wow. That is, that is so beautiful. I wish I could do that. Can you show me how Wow, I have never seen that. That's amazing. If you have people saying things like that to you, you might want to consider having on-demand education. If you have an entire training process in your salon that you're like, wow, I'm realizing there is a lack of education in the hair world or in your industry in this topic because every single person I hire on never knows how to do any of this. This might be your chance to show people like a brand new skill or what it is that you do inside of your business. Like that's a chance. And I'll say to create on-demand education doesn't have to be difficult. I think that's also like a very large misconception that it's like, oh my God, but if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to have to have the lights and the videographer and I have to rent out another space and it's going to be tens of thousands of dollars. It's it's really not. You can do that. I've had people do that where they're like, no, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it and we're going hard. It's going to be beautiful. That is going to make it more expensive. But if that's what you want to do, you can. If you wanted to just do, for example, let's say you wanted to do a course on Canva and certain things that you created for your salon or whatever it is, you could literally use Loom. Loom is screen records your entire um, computer so that you can show people what it is you're doing. If there is a certain app or system or software that you love using and that people are always, their minds are blown, they don't know how the hell you're using it, you could create on-demand education. Just use Loom, put it in a system and software to like actually house the education and you're 
pretty much done. Creating this doesn't have to be difficult. What is difficult, I will say, because I help a lot of people do this, is I feel like it's the beginning portion. There's two parts. I feel like the first part is the actual like structure of it, right? Because a lot of people, they're like, I don't know, I have an idea, I want to do a thing. But especially because I tend to work with a lot of neurodivergent people that are just like, not I want to say lost, but they're just like, I don't know, man, I have a lot of ideas, but then I have no ideas. I wanted to think with a thing, with another thing, with another thing. Creating the structure for it, I feel like is one of the hardest things just because you just have to map it out. But just because it's a more difficult part of the process doesn't mean it's a, it's hard and impossible. It's not impossible in any way, shape or form, Right. And then I feel like the other part that can like maybe trip some people up is actually choosing a system or software. There is um, Teachable. There's Thinkific. I think it's Thinkific. There is Learn Worlds. There's Kajabi. Like those are just some of the few that I've used a couple of those. And I have one that's like a favorite. But, you know, there's a lot out there, guys. A lot to allow you to make passive income so that you can, I mean, it's not really about, it is making about making more money. I'm not going to say it's not because I really feel like people are like, money doesn't buy happiness. I'm like, you're full of shit because money buys freedom and freedom is happiness. Like I've, I like, and I fully believe that I, I always say I'm, I don't want to say I'm money motivated. I'm freedom motivated. I like having the space and the grace and the time to do what I want, when I want and how I want to do it. And I actually thrive in that. The more freedom I have, the better I work, the harder I work, the longer I work, the more I get shit done. The more that someone tries to constrict me and like hold me in like a tight frame or a tight box, like, ah, I don't respond well to that. And I don't actually, I don't, that is not, that's not my thriving. That's a surviving mode for me, not a thriving mode. So that's just a couple things of obviously like kind of how to figure out what it is that you want to do or what you could teach and then putting it together. But really guys, and I'll say, if you're wanting to know, let's say like, you're like, okay, Ani, this is great. What do I do? Where do I start? What's like step number one? Okay. Let's talk about step number one. We need to talk about marketing and we need to talk about creating your email list. Generally, your email list, right? Your subscribers, the people that follow you. And I don't mean just like Instagram followers. I mean, you're like your email list, your actual subscriber list. Generally, only one to 2% of those people will buy education. I'm not saying it can't be more. I'm not saying it won't be more. I'm just saying on average, that's kind of the percentage you're looking at. So you really have to think you're like, well, I have 10 people on my subscriber list. One to two people might buy. If you have 100, you're looking at, you know, 1% to 2%. 1,000, you're still 1% to 2%, which is great. The numbers keep going up. I'm also realizing 10, <laughs> 1 is 10%. <laughs> like, wait, why do my numbers sound so fucked up all of a sudden? <laughs> if 100 people on your list, 1 to 2 people might buy. So start even thinking about that. So number one, start building up your list, Okay. I use um, a program called MailChimp. I've actually used it years and years and years ago. It's a, pheno- it's a phenomenal tool. I absolutely love it. MailChimp is where I have everybody subscribe. So I do have that attached to my website as well. So everybody gets housed in one spot. But whether they go to my website or they're like going through a link or whatever it is, it all gets housed inside of MailChimp. 
Now, that's the first thing. You need to start having people subscribe. And then I also recommend that at minimum, or let's say you're just starting off, once every two weeks, you're sending out an email to your subscriber list just being like, hey, here's a piece of valuable information. Don't ask them. Don't be like, don't ghost people for months and months and months and then be like, hey, come buy my shit. I got stuff for you. That it feels gimmicky and salesy because low-key it is. And it shows that you don't give a shit about them until you want their money. And that just kind of feels gross. No one actually likes that. And it absolutely will affect your bottom dollar. Like that, that will affect you. So start building it up. Tell people to subscribe, to follow you. And if you have an idea of what you want your on-demand education to be, start giving out little tidbits. So for example, let's say you specialize in curly hair and curly extensions. Look, I would love nothing more than to see a course that literally takes someone from beginning to end. I'll give you an example. Number one, shampooing curly hair. That might sound stupid to you as a curly hair expert. I have naturally stick straight flat as a board hair. That seems fascinating to me. How to brush, brush and or comb out curly hair when it's wet. What should you be doing when it's dry? styles for curly hair that are protective styles regardless of how kinky curly and or wavy the hair is i love hearing stuff like that like if I, someone just created a course on i even if someone just made one course one course that was about how to match cur, at curly extensions how to match the texture and how to actually go through, and I'm not saying install method-wise. Method-wise doesn't matter, but I'm saying of put it in dry or to put it in wet. When you cut it, you're cutting it. Why are you cutting it dry? Are you combing it? Are you brushing it? Are you putting it all in and then you're wetting it down? Are you putting it in and then shampooing it? Like what products are you using? How you, like, I want the whole ass process. I want to see it. I'll be honest with you. That's not my specialty. And I'm not even going to pretend because I feel like to say you are a curly specialist, you have to do curly hair all the time. All the time. Oh, I just thought of, have you guys ever seen New Girl? Schmidt, old day, old day. Sorry, I clearly just rewatched that whole entire series twice and now it's like stuck in my head. So love it. But that's why like I hear that and I'm sure someone who's listening, you probably are a curly specialist and you're like, what the fuck do you mean shampoo? You just shampoo. Mm -mm. Something that is commonplace to you is not commonplace to everybody else. It's common and normal to you because you're an expert in that. But like for me, someone who is not, tell, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I want to hear more. I want to see more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. I want to know more, more, more. I love that. You'd be surprised how simple it actually is to find your niche and to find the thing that you can create. So number one, start building up your email list. Two, when you are going through and you are promoting and you're on social media and on Instagram and you're doing photos and reels and stories, you need to talk about the thing that you are really good at. Now, I don't mean sell it yet, but when you're posting out pieces of information, because here's the deal, even if you're telling people, you're like, this is how I, this is how I care for curly hair when I'm behind the shampoo bowl. This is how much pressure I put when I'm shampooing. This is how many times I'm actually going shampooing them. This is the brush and then the brush. This is what I like to do. This is the type of brush that I like to do. So I'm doing da 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 Okay, great. Even if you're telling people on social media, they are still going to want that education because the education will be more in depth and then they get to see it and experience it. And maybe you do end up doing, you know, 
live videos and Q and A's that are private, like all of those things matter. So if you're going to start with two things, number one, start building up that email list. I'm not kidding. I cannot express how important it is. You guys know Instagram went down just a few weeks ago. Oh, everyone freaked out. They're like, ah, Instagram's not working. What do I do? I'm like, well, we have an email list. You probably wouldn't be as freaked out. Those are things that you really need to start looking at and building up because either way, email lists are very important because there's no saying that social media will be there forever. There are actually some states that are banning TikTok right now. And I heard that was it was, was it Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is now also putting in like rules about kids under 18 can't even have social media, which I, whatever, like that's, I don't have kids, whatever. It's not my business, but like they are starting to put restrictions on social media. So just things to think about, like it might not always actually be here. So what do you do if it's not? Mm. Which websites also come in handy and SEO and all of those things, but those are topics for another day. So if you're wondering where you should start, I really recommend those two places. If you're actually sitting there and you're like, I don't know what I'm good at. I, I don't know. This is going to sound weird. You should maybe ask somebody. Ask somebody near you who knows you, a really close friend or even a coworker. Just be like, hey, if what do you what do you think I'm good at? You know, like those personality tests when it's like, do people think you're A or B or C? You're like, well, shit, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask someone else. Who knows me if I'm A, B or C? Like, I don't fucking know those answers to those questions. So that's something that I would, that's for steps number one. And I'll also say this, that this is literally what I specialize in now. Like I help brands and companies and entrepreneurs create on-demand education. So even if you're like, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm lost and confused. Send me a DM. I'll put my phone number. You can, my work number, it's a work number, not my personal, but like you can shoot me a text and like, we can even set up time to like set up a call to like go through and see what it looks like and create a path and plan for you so that if you want to make it on your own, make it on your own. If you want help, I can absolutely help you and do it with you. I even have clients where I literally just do it for them where I'm like, all I will create the structure. I will help you with the videographer. I will implement everything. All I need you to do is just review shit. So tell me if you like it. And then we're like, done, easy peasy, good to go. There are ways to do this because you have to think it's an investment right now to create your on-demand education. But at the end of the day, well, it just keeps making you money, which is how I had a client make 30 grand in one week. That was the first week of launching. That's insane. That's like an absolutely insane and amazing amount. You know what I mean? So just things to think about for all of you that are like, oh, I'm stuck behind the chair or I will never get out of this thing and doing whatever. I fucking disagree. There is always a way. And I think you have to give yourself a little more credit. And I'll also say you don't have to be an expert at everything. Because I know sometimes we're like, oh, but I don't know, so-and-so might be better, so-and-so, whatever. It doesn't matter if you feel like there's someone better at something than you, because at the end of the day, they aren't you. And they are not going to teach and train and do things the way that you would do them. And that matters. I know the way that I teach and the way that I train, whether in class and the clients that I work with and how I work with them is catered towards neurodivergent people. Can I work with neurotypical people? Of course I can work with neurotypical people. I do it all the time anyway. But I've realized that because 
I have ADHD and autism that I understand the brain of how it works for, I don't want to say like artists, but you guys know you're somewhere on this spectrum. You guys have a thing, whether you're ADD, ADHD, autistic, y'all know you're somewhere. I don't think I've ever met an artist that was neurotypical. Like no way. Rarely, rarely. I won't say never. I'll say everyone has something. So just food for thought. Now I'm going, one thing I will also say, kind of jumping back on that topic is I received a DM the other day of someone saying that they have an assistant that they've been trying to get through their assistant training program. And they just like, couldn't fuck. Like they're like, my sister's just not making it through. She does have ADHD and she is un- she's unmedicated. I'm like, same girl, same. I feel you. So she's like, what do I do? How can I help her? So I did go through and I sent probably 10 minutes worth of audios like on Instagram just to tell her like, Hey, here are things to look at. You have to look at object permanence. You have to look at timelines. Like you have to think about um, how it is that they actually learn. You might want to consider body doubling, all of these things that I feel have really helped. So if that's something that you guys also want to keep hearing about, whether it's on-demand education, how to create it, steps that I've taken, how I've helped my clients, whether it's how being neurodivergent or having neurodivergent staff, things that can help. Because she did text me back a week later and said, she started implementing some of the things I told her and it's working and her assistant's doing better and getting through her stitching and her assignments. And it's like, it's been going like really, really well, which makes me super, super fucking happy to be honest. Like that makes me stoked. So just know I am going to be back to being consistent on my podcast. I just really had to give myself some grace on moving and being sick for a few weeks. I had some crazy shit go down and just like, it was a whirlwind, but the whirlwind is now um, and that makes me so happy. So thank you for being here. If you need help, if you need guidance, if you need someone to talk to, if you just want to bounce ideas off of, please shoot me a DM, shoot me a message. It never bothers me. I highly encourage it. I love it. And I do respond to literally everything, guys. I I personally respond to everything. My admin does not do it. My protege does not do it. I am the one who does it because I also feel like that's something really important. I want you guys to know that you are always being heard by the person you're actually trying to talk to. So thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your grace. Um, If you need anything, I am here for you. And thanks for listening to another episode. I will see you guys next week.